0: Glad the ladies had a wonderful time yesterday. I was wondering if they was just going to come and get back for Sunday morning service. No, I was wondering if you're just going to get here just in time for Sunday morning service. (laughs) Amen. And had there been stores that kept open during the night, they may have. Amen. So glad that they had a good time. How many ladies that are here this morning went yesterday? Amen. all's hands. That's great. I'm glad to see you here this morning. I'm serious. I'm glad to see you here this morning. (laughs) I was trying to teach my daughter a lesson. We came across town. Parking lot was full and she's asked what all that was about. And she didn't make the connection. I said, that's all those ladies that went on uh, the eating shopping trip tomorrow. I said, but Mariah said, here's the real story. How many of these ladies is going to be in church tomorrow morning? See, I I do more teaching, preaching than just in this (laughs) pulpit. So I don't know if she did any observation this morning or she knew what vehicles were out there, but you better be glad you was here today. (laughs) Because you're becoming an object lesson for my kids. Becoming an object lesson for my kids. Amen. And so with that, much more, thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Luke chapter number nine, verse number 57. The Bible states these words. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. How many feel like that? You feel like that? And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man hath not where to lay his head. I, I don't know of any real estate that Jesus had during his years upon this earth. And he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first. Everybody say me first. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first, everybody say me first. Go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow, looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. One says, Whithersoever you go, Lord, I'll follow you. Then there are some others that are invited to follow. And the crux of the response is really situated on those two words I had you repeat. That'll be my subject matter for the next few moments. Me first. Me first. Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning. I'm grateful, Lord, for being here. God, for the people, Lord, that have gathered here on this Sunday morning. God, I pray, oh, Lord Jesus, you're able to touch us afresh and anew. God, by your spirit. God, by your word. I pray, oh, Lord, that you're able to speak into our lives. Convict us, oh, Lord. Direct us, Jesus, by your word. I pray, oh, Lord, this evening, or this morning, rather, God, that every mind, God, would be stayed upon you. That we could just lean in, Lord, to what the spirit might... Lord, divulge into our lives, God, and we'll praise you and thank you, God, for each and everything that you do. In Jesus' name that I pray, amen and amen. The church, say amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. We are largely driven today in our society by the me first mentality, the me first mentality Um, in the places of uh, department stores, restaurants, and things of that notion. uh, We have been sold the concept and the idea that the customer is always right. Uh, The idea that we must be catered to as the consumer, as the consumer. Um we already know, without doubt, it is the quote unquote selfie generation um, and we with that have adopted an idea that that just certain things, and Brother Mason touched on this a few weeks ago concerning entitlement that there's there's just certain things that just we have a right to or that belong unto us, and since that is our environment and our surroundings, sadly, admittedly, that has at times encroached into the house of the Lord. The consumerism type of idea. I looked up this morning this whole concept, this idea of consumer. I, I looked up the definition of consumer, and this is what it means. You probably already know this, but I just refreshed myself with it this morning. A person or thing that consumes. That's pretty basic, isn't it? Through the idea of economics, it is a person or organization that uses a commodity or service. Key word for me this morning in that is uses. Um, whenever we come through the idea of a consumer through ecology, it's an organism, usually an animal, that feeds on plants or other animals. The key word in that, that concept is the word feeds. So, So a, a, a consumer consumes, they, they use, and they feed. And so the idea of the world is the consumer is always right. Cater to the consumer. But the, 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 and I know in the idea of exchange of goods, you put down money, you get some type of trade off. But we have also brought this mentality into the church that we are consumers. And so what happens at church, what happens concerning the kingdom of God, should revolve around me. And whenever we put ourselves in the position of being a consumer, what we're really saying is that we're one that consumes, we use, we use and we feed. In other words, we're, we're big takers. We're big takers, but not maybe so much so as we are a contributor. And I'm not necessarily talking about money, but I might before it's said and done. And so with this idea we understand what took place here to a certain degree in Scripture. Here's one man that says to the Lord, "Lord, wherever you would go, wherever you would go," he said, "I'll, I'll follow you." Now that's a tall order, and I don't know if he was placing I don't know if he was placing that statement uh, by only knowing maybe where the Lord had been, but the Lord was going to go some places he even hadn't been yet. And so yet this man says, wherever you go, that that's where I'm going to go. The Lord says, hey, I don't, I don't even have a piece of real estate. He said, foxes have hoes, birds of the air have nests, but I don't even have a piece of real estate, a home per se, where I can lay my head. And so, so Jesus goes about his earthly ministry, and there's different reasons. Sometimes people followed the Lord because they were asked to follow the Lord. There were other peoples that followed the Lord uh, because they just took the initiative. You know what? I kind of like this guy. I kind of like what, what he says, what he does, what I feel whenever I'm around him. And without being beckoned, they just started to follow the Lord. Yet there were some, though, as the Bible tells us here in Luke 9, whenever they were even asked to follow the Lord, which is a tremendous uh, a tremendous blessing a tremendous request that the lord would make of us that he would ask us to follow him it, it's kind of like having some some someone high in a high class or high society asking you to come to dinner with them you know i i i don't know too many unless the resources weren't there to get there, that if you receive some type of invitation uh, right now from the president, regardless of who that person was or what their name was, received the invitation from the president of the United States to come to a formal dinner at the White House, that you wouldn't within your means somehow make it work in your schedule with your finances to be able to be there just to be at. This invitation that the president has extended to you. Well, well, the Lord, to get an invitation from the Lord is a higher invitation even, even than that. Yeah. Higher invitation even than that. And yet some are now rebutting back to the Lord. They received this invitation. Some are rebutting back to the Lord. Lord will follow you as long as it can be on our terms. Folks, do you understand if you were to reply to an invitation to the president of the United States and say, sir, I am so happy uh, for your invitation, but if you could make it on such and such day. If you could make it on such and such day at such and such time and make these arrangements, I might be able might be able to fit it within my schedule, within my finances to come and have dinner with you. Do you realize what type of slap in the face to the president of the United States that might be? Yet without second thought, we at times constantly do that into the master. Lord, I'll follow you. I'll do it as long as it's on my terms. The one man says, uh, here's the Lord. He says, come and follow me. And he says, suffer me first. They have taken an invitation that's about the Lord and have made it about themselves. They take something that's God-focused and has made it me-focused. He says, suffer, everybody say, me first. Me first, me first to go and bury my father. Yeah, another invitation, follow me. But again, the one says, but, but let me first. Go and bid them farewell that's at my house. And so this me first mentality that's around us and at times if we don't watch it can get inside of us and in the church is totally opposed to what Jesus has in mind concerning following him. The Bible says, you turn with me, The Bible says in Luke 9, 23, just a few verses earlier, in Luke 9, 23, the Bible states these words, Jesus, and he said to them all, this is Jesus about ready to speak. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow See, the me first, the me first mentality is totally in contrast to what the Lord has in mind. The Lord has in mind is when you follow him, you deny yourself. And we get the idea whenever I follow him, if it doesn't suit my fancy, if it doesn't meet my scheduling, if it doesn't fit into my agenda, if it doesn't measure up to what my finances need, then, Lord, I don't have the opportunity to follow you. No, 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 no. We've taken something that means deny me and follow him, that means let it orientate around me and I'll follow you. Totally diametric to what the Lord would have in Luke 14. And these verses are not up there. If they get them, that's fine. I'm going to let my fingers do do the, the walking here. Luke 14 and verse 26. Here is another idea that the Lord relays concerning, amen, this dynamic of the kingdom of following him. Verse 26 says this. This is what he says. Let me read even verse 25. He's talking about the cost of discipleship. And he said, and there went, that's Luke 14, 25. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, see, here's where he is cutting, he is cutting, if you will, the sincere from the unsincere, because he has multitudes that's following. (laughs) Multitudes. This is like Gideon starting out with his thousands, and now we're about ready to bring him down to 300. The Lord, is, the Lord is cutting the sincere from the unsincere. So he has this multitude. And now he lays down the gavel in verse 26. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, and yea, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Oh, and then everybody's getting all hung up. I oh, hate my mom, hate my dad. Folks, don't do not take that to such a literal example. But what the Lord is saying is this. If you're going to allow other people or other things have higher priority in your life than me, Higher priority in your life than me. Then you are having a problem with a me first mentality. Someone say amen. So we live. Our society looks out for number one. Number one. Matter of fact, just a little side pet peeve of mine. There's something here. If you want to just ever aggravate the fire on me, cut in line somewhere. There's nothing that aggravates me anymore. Nothing to aggravate, and I don't even have to be the one being cut on. It, it can happen behind me. There's nothing that aggravates me anymore. And, and if someone's holding a spot for so I understand that. Please don't misunderstand, but there's nothing I can't stand anymore. Then someone just waltz up just as though they own the place, the time the build, and everything else, and just cut in front of a bunch of people that, that, that spent time to get there early, to stand in line. Oh, there's nothing to drive. You know what they think that it's all about? me crazy I cannot stand this idea of that yet we sometimes have adopted that in the church and we are guilty of that the ways in which we have adopted the me first mentality is in our attendance at the house of God the scripture deems it very valuable that we assemble together with our brothers and sisters in the Lord Deems it very valuable, amen, that we come together. It's, it's not just for uh, the sole purpose of you showing here so we can put a check mark by your name or put a P down that you were present or so on and so forth. But there's something that happens whenever you and I come together. More so than talking to each other on the phone. More so than talking to each other outside of these assemblies like the ladies did on Saturday. That's good. That fellowship is wonderful. But there's something that happens when you and I engage in this place, not just on the level of the carnal and the secular, but on the level of the spiritual. With one another. There's something about the body coming together in a spiritual means. We read this, let me read it, we've always read it, Hebrews 10 and verse number 25. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Remember verse 24 says, "Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works." That's that's part of the, the 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 benefit of coming together in the house of God is that whenever I see you and you see me, we can provoke one another unto love and we can provoke one another unto good works and we need to be provoking each other. We need to be Provoking each other, but whenever the me-first mentality comes into our lives, uh, we have these opportunities. They don't change for the most part. Every Sunday morning at ten, every Sunday night at six, except for this evening. All right, this Sunday's every Wednesday at seven. We have these standardized times. I don't. I don't. There's not a Sunday. I don't think I've ever said. You know what? Next Sunday we're going to meet at eight. That would already lose some people. alright uh, we're going to change this service. No, no. They're at the same times of the week. They are at the same days of the week. And yet people get the meet first mentality whenever recreational outings. When the me first mentality comes, we we, we, we deem recreational outings. Yeah, I follow you, Lord. But I got this recreational outing uh, and I under listen you're not going to find any anybody any more merciful any more gracious whenever it comes listen you got unsafe family and such and it's a holiday and you go, you ain't gonna find anybody any more gracious than this man right here that says I understand it's okay so on and so forth I have no problem with that at all but then then and then we get in you know there's school related activities <laughs> There's not you being made to work, but you electing to work on Sunday. And What tops it off? I'm just going to stay home and I'm going to I'm going to read or I'm going to watch TV or I'm going to get some rest that I missed out on some other time. You know what that says to me? God, you've made the invitation. But since it doesn't quite fit what I need going on right now. Sorry, back burner, God. Now, I think my, uh, I may have been my mother here in the past few weeks speaking about, you know, we're in church about maybe two hours each service. That's about six hours out of our week. I think there's 168 weeks or 168 hours in a week. If you do the division, that comes out to a little less than 4%, a little less than 4% of your time in a week is spent right here in this building. With your brothers and sisters here in the teaching or the preaching or whatever of the word of God. See, what I come to find out is this. We have trust issues with God. We have trust issues with God because we we are so untrustworthy of the Lord that we believe if we give him less than 4% of our time during the week, he won't make it where we have any time for our family or any time for recreation. We have trust issues with God. We think that he's a God that we scratch his back, but he don't do anything for us. Do you seriously think if you'll take six hours out of your week that God won't make it, that you'll have time to read and time to go walk and time to have time with your family and time to do this? To be honored, but he also ensures, I think, more than one time in his word that if we will honor him, he's not going to allow us to fall through the cracks either. Someone say, Amen. I just read here recently in the magazine, and I, I'm just being honest with you, this is something I'm afraid of. Reading in a magazine, there was a the concept of having seven-minute church. Seven-minute church, and the concept of the seven-minute church was not that it would replace an actual service, but it was for the purpose of trying to reach out to people beyond the four walls and actually have a complete church service in seven minutes that could be video cast or even archived for people to. I mean, seriously, get, they would do they, all the bells and whistles of announcements, stuff like that, prayer break, all that aside, but they would have songs in a sermon in seven minutes. So people could have this concept and idea, uh, you know, and this feeling of, uh, of church. They had the best of the best worship leaders and the best of best, you know, preachers and people that could articulate a thought within, I don't know, what? <laughs> three and a half minutes? I don't know. And it's not, not much more than a snippet on a radio station between songs. <laughs> and so this seven minute church. And let me tell you, I, I love the fact, you know, that I can go to FACTV.org and, and watch Brother Carpenter's church live online. Uh, Brother Mason, I know, has whenever he's been away traveling and such. like that. That's great, and that's for me. So I'm glad that we have podcasts, and our services are archived. I think now uh, uh, through, through, through uh, iTunes, there are now uh, already 250. There's 250 that's always active. We started out used 250, but as we've grown, I don't know how that happens, if it's just because uh, people go to it. But as it's grown, went from 50, went to 100. Now there's 250 that's always available. And I'm thankful for all of that. But here's what I fear is going to happen. People's going to take the venues of podcasts, video church and all of that. And they're going to then come to me as a pastor and say, "Well, I watched y'all on the on the on the internet, or I watched y'all on the TV, or I well, I heard you on 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 the podcast." And so I was there. I I heard what y'all had to say, folks. That by no means uh, substitutes for being here. That does not substitute for being here. Please do not get in your ever living mind. I can just check out on. Listen to me here. I just check out on Wednesday night, and I'll touch. I'll touch brother the carpenter in Maryville, Tennessee and watch his service instead and that's just as good. No, 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 it's not. That's good if you got to but if you can be in the house of the Lord you better arrive and allow your life to be provoked to love and be provoked to good works and initiate that in somebody else's life. When I watch that at home, Brother James, I'd have me popcorn and the Coke. I can get up and go to the bathroom five times. I get up and go to the bathroom five times. I can go over and do something else and miss 10 minutes of it and come back to it. You know, people like that because that's exactly the way some people would like to treat the house of God. Go to the restroom five times, go and look at the bulletin board for 10 minutes, come back and think you haven't missed a thing. God help me. William Vander Bloman, he said this astounding. It's 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 kind of like the unspoken reality I never wanted to embrace. Okay, like the unspoken reality I never wanted to embrace. He stated, he said, when I was growing up, he said regular church attendance meant attending church 45 to 50 Sundays a year. I can identify with that. Absolutely. He says now. 25 or 30 Sundays a year is much more common. And it's unfortunate, but it's the new reality. Listen, the new reality doesn't have to be our reality. Everybody, are we okay? I, 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 I am not frustrated today. I'm not frustrated by no means. But 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 I, I do believe that we need to head off at the past. This concept of it's about me and about about church is all got to be about me. Everything that the church does got to be about me, the time frame, me, 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 until we poke the hoe into our chest that it's all about us. It hasn't, within the, the time that I've been pastor here at the church, time that I've been here pastor at the church, yes, we've had people come and go. And yes, I, I, I am remorseful over those uh, that go, some more than others, okay? And, and nevertheless, uh, with that being said, I, I have in my pastorate, I have had at one time uh, an individual contact me and tell me that they were going to be going to another church, and that is perfectly perfectly fine if, if, if the motive is correct. Perfectly fine if the motive is correct. And so they, they, they contacted me after having not been at church for Lord only knows how long. You know, you, you have a hard time checking in. Some people get mad if you don't check in on them, and it's like, you know what? Well, you made it two, you made it two Sundays in a three-month time period. That's your norm, so I thought you was okay. I'm digging this morning. You know, if you'd missed another service, I might have checked on you because that'd been one out of three months. And so then, you know, I done went to meddling Now I'm, I'm just gonna. But so they contacted me. I've seen them forever. They contact me and they addressed me as pastor, which is always hilarious. Within itself, <laughs> they want to call you pastor whenever they need something, but they don't illustrate that you're pastor by what they do with their life. And so they, they said, hey, I'm, I'm going to be going over here to this other church. I just wanted to make sure that was okay. It was the wrong day. It was the wrong day to, to submit that type of question to me. The wrong day. The, I, am, I am by most part gracious and all this other stuff, but it was just the wrong day. And so I, I responded back to this person. We were talking through text. I responded back to this person. I said, I said so-and-so, I said, you haven't been here consistently for some time. I said, actually, because I did the numbers before I, I, I went into our system, I did the numbers. I said, actually, you've been to church 17 times in the past year. I said, so I don't guess that you need my approval. About whether or not you can go over there. I said, and by the way, I've noticed that you found yourself in a relationship that happens to be going over to that church. So I hope you're going over there for the right motive. See, what I'm getting from all this now, I'm going to go to church over there and I'm going to be faithful over there because there's a relationship over there and that serves me. That serves me. That serves me. But God's still saying, follow me. Deny yourself. Follow me, not yourself. Folks, the blessing of God flows when we get it right, when we follow him, die out to him, love him, serve him, praise him, honor him, and lose ourselves in the mix of it all. It is not always convenient to serve the Lord. Tell me one thing in your life that is just perfectly convenient for you. Going to work convenient? Paying bills convenient? Keeping the upkeep around the house, is that convenient? So where do we get off the train? Out of everything that doesn't serve per se an ideal convenience for us, then we want the God part of our life to be convenient. And so, so we got the me first mentality sometimes. It happens, in our, it happens in our attendance. And then, are you ready? Someone said, I'm glad we just had one service today. <laughs> then then the, me, the me first mentality, it shows up in our attendance and it shows up in our contributions. Uh-huh. Right. Well, right. yeah. right. The Bible says, meet me in 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1 and verse 2. Seriously, folks, I don't have an axe to grind. I don't. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have, I got to stop here just for a moment. Lord, help me. But see, (laughs) the east wind just blew whenever I brought up contributions. Because I got ears and I heard some people that was amen and hard this time issue. That's going to grow real silent during the contribution issue. And you all doomed anyway, because I asked you to begin with how many would like to be like that man and said, wherever you go, Lord. You just (laughs) fell, man, I baited you and switched you. It go works both ways. There'll be some that'll be louder now on the contribution part that was silent on the attendance part. Uh 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 So so back to verse one of Second Corinthians six. Now concerning the collection. Oh Jesus, for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store. As God hath prospered him, and there be no gatherings when I come. The first day, of the week, Let every one of you lay by in him store, as God hath prospered. Now here's, here's the, 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 the great thing about this in verse 2. You don't, you don't have to get paid on Saturday in order to pay God on Sunday. You can get paid on Monday and you lay it in store. Well, you know, when we have service times, it just doesn't, it doesn't gel with when I get paid real well. i was just having such a good time today. You you lay it in store and and as God has prospered you, then you're going to you're going to Give. And so there's an instruction to give and, and that meets needs. And we 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 have we have illustrated and we have described them before. That keeps lights on, that keeps the air conditioning running. That 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 keeps things like getting the new bathroom. I think the Mason made mention you know, new bathroom back there. Other things that have been made mention you know, you get the baptistry done. We we have a sound system that, that needs some 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 TLC that's gonna require some M-O-N-E-Y. I got to diverge here for a moment. Back to this consumerism idea. What happens with consumerism? There's people that work there, stock the shelves, do all this stuff. You come in and you take and you use. And everybody would love to make church like that. You come into something already going. Let them have all the programs. Let them have all the help they need. Let them have all the money you need. You come in. You use their lights. You use their toilets. You sit on their pews. You get the blessings and the feel good that everybody else gets, but you don't give anything i got people that want to use the fellowship hall for their birthdays and their anniversary everything else. Don't give a living tithe to this church, but they want the perk of using the back. So why don't I just buy you a car and put the gas in, and anytime time you want it, you come and tell me, give it to me, because that's basically what you're doing with God in the church. I'll pay the insurance on it. If you wreck it, I'll fix it. It's all taken care of because it's all about you, honey. Uh God help us. I'm not really trying to be this strong. I'm really not. Now now, now, now look, this this concept of, of giving. Second Corinthians. And by that, folks, there is a blessing in giving is not me. pointing down my fear, Bless God. You low down, dirty scound. No. There's a blessing in giving. There's a blessing in, in diverting the attention from me first to him first. Did right. yeah, That's right. That's right. That's right. he not tell us seek ye first the kingdom of God? And all His righteousness, and all these other things—you want time with your family? There it is. You want the bass boat and the money for it? There it is. All these other things will be added unto you. There's a blessing in showing up for church. There's a blessing in worshiping and in praising. There's a blessing in tithing. There's a blessing in offerings, honey. You got trust issues with God. You think you can't have all that and still put Him first? But I come to tell you the contrary. You can have all that and the cherry on top. If you do put him first, you, you can. You've been sold a bag of goods, a bunch of lies and deceptions. Second Corinthians nine, just a few chapters back or forward, rather, from where we read Second Corinthians nine, in verse number verse number seven. If you're there, say amen. If you're not, say amen. All right. right. Second Corinthians 9, verse number 7. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound. Do you hear what that just said? Uh-huh. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That ye always having all. Are you listening? glad we got on the screen too. You hear it, you say, do you see this? That 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 always having all sufficiency. Enough. In all things. All things. If I get to the Lord, we won't have enough money for vacation this year. If I get to the Lord, I won't have enough money for the new vehicle, and the other one's a nickel and diamonds. All sufficiency in all things God is able God is able God is able But are you willing But are you willing Because God Is able and all things may abound to every good work. Verse 9, As is written, He that dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever." forever. He hath dispersed abroad. They're talking about my God. Talking about my God. But the me first mentality gets into our pocketbooks. I was thinking about this the other day. Call it the Lord. Just call it carnality. Let's think about this the other day. You know, with good reason, I believe with good reason. Before you get your paycheck, the government has already taken the taxes out. Because, listen to me, they know that if they didn't take it out and they left it up you to pay it, there would be more delinquents on their taxes than there is. That's the reason why they take it out first because they know humanity would not come up to the table and do what was needful or required of them. God, though, has made you a steward to take care of business. Don't get me wrong. We're not going to have everybody come here with their paycheck at some time of the week and take your tithe out first. It wouldn't do no good anyway if you did it begrudgingly. But I believe the reason why they did that because they knew they wouldn't get it otherwise. I think sometimes we have a hard time giving God what is God's. That's the reason why you need to do one of the very first things you need to do. If you have a problem with that, when you get that money, you need to get rid of that money. You need to get rid of that money to where it needs to go to God. All you got is filthy lucre. That's money. If you don't give to God. It's when you give the 10% that the 10 redeems the 90. And so until you give to God, all you got is filthy lucre. But whenever you give the 10, that redeems the 90. And it's no longer in the condition that it was when you got it. That's holy. That's sanctified. That's holy. That's sanctified money. And so the me, first mentality comes. Whenever I want to spend as much as possible on things for me. Reason here with me. Reason here with me. I, I got to keep track of. Time. Reason here with me. This is not everybody. But there's some re, the, the reason why some people say they can't give or they can't tithe is because their life up to this moment of trying to make a decision about that has been all about them. And they've got them in a situation. They've got them in a situation because it was all about them that they feel like they can't. Because leading up to this moment, it's all been about them. So you think it all still being about you is going to help you get out what you got yourself in? I know that was kind of wordy. I felt a little apostle Paul on me, but nevertheless, you understand what I'm saying? If that got you in that mess. Me first got you in that mess. Me first is not going to get you out of that mess. But if me first got you in that mess, here's something, you just try it. Don't you dare knock it till you try it. A a God first mentality can get you out of a me first mentality. You can't do the same thing and expect something to change. Why don't you try something different? Oh, I can't. Oh, yes, you can. You've got yourself in a holy mess. Why don't you put God first and allow him to translate everything for you? Now correct me if I'm wrong. This is not a paint with a broad brush. All fall under this umbrella or category. But Some of the burdens of bills that are in a person's life have come about not because of their necessities, but because of their wants and luxuries. There's people today that's working two jobs. Um, again, this is not a broad brush. Someone I work two jobs because I have to I understand. Okay. Shake your hand. I'm sorry. But some people working two jobs and their wife's working so that they can have more of what they want and the luxurious things. And that's okay. They pay their tithes. But see here where here it is again. I can't do that. Pastor McGee, because I got too many bills. My question, are your bills necessity or luxury? If they're luxury, that goes back to me first. Me first. So whenever we're negligent, offering to the Lord, what is his? And through free will of offerings, it is another sign of the me first mentality. Here's another I, we could probably go till tonight. I'm just still on page one and I got three. Another way in which me first mentality comes in is that it is about us and we have no time to have any service or offer to one another. The Bible says in Romans, if you go there, Romans 12. You may not believe this or may not even understand or grasp this concept or idea, but God, here it is. God has given you certain gifts and abilities, folks, to help serve other people that are around you. It might be hard to, to even consider. Romans 12 and verse number three, he says, For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let him prophesy according to the proportion of his faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering or he that teacheth on teaching or he that exhorteth on exhortation. The concept, folks, and the idea is this. We've all been given differing gifts so that we can help serve one another. Someone say amen. But we get the me first concept and idea When we want to use the giftings and talents that we have to solely serve ourselves. And not one another. Someone say amen. (laughs) Some people don't want to know the gift God's given them. (laughs) Not because they're afraid of it, but they might have to they might have to use it for the benefit of someone beside themselves. So, we can attend church, but we need to do more than just receive. We need also to give of ourselves. The me mentality. Man, years ago, and I know society has changed. Years ago, and we still practice this over in our part of the neighborhood. If you needed a cup of sugar, you'd go next door to your neighbor. You got a cup of sugar? They give you a cup of sugar. We've done that in our neighborhood. I know we're odd, crazy, or whatever, but we've done it. Matter of fact, we've had people in our neighborhood, they've made fried catfish, and you know what? They brought us some over. But now, not only in society, and you know, probably most people, maybe not from outcome, but most people that live in the neighborhood probably don't know several of their neighbors on each side or across the street from them. Couldn't say their names. You might recognize them. We'll just call them neighbor. That is your relationship in a nutshell. Think listen, that happens within the church. So and so always sits there. They've been coming here for six months now. I don't know anything about them except they've been coming here for six months now. All right. Me first. Oh, God, help me. We come to service and it's all about us. We need a song. I need a sermon. I need uplifted. I need minister to. I'm going through something. Help me. Have you ever considered that Joe Blow that sat beside you across the aisle? You know what? He might be in a whole lot worse shape than you are. And I have nothing wrong with riding the altar, but you'll ride the altar every service. You'll come up every time we have special prayer. But, you know, there's other people that's here that you just might not be privy to that might need your word of encouragement. But then I walk with a chip on my shoulder, and if they hadn't encouraged me, you know, for five Sundays in a row, if they haven't asked how I've been doing, when's the last time you asked how they were doing me 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 we had we just got a phone call I'm not gonna say who it was got a phone call the other morning just yesterday morning from someone you know what they said they want to know if everything was all right she's talking to my wife said to know if everything was all right with my pastor said I woke up at four o'clock this morning and had him on my mind and was praying Man, I put on my pants that day without even trying to balance on one foot. You got a need, you got a need, you got a need. There's people in here that are, will be more willing to express what their needs are and others less likely to express what their needs are due to their personality. But the thing is this, we all part of the body and we all got a contribution we can make. We're not consumers in this thing. We are not consumers this thing. We are laborers, the Bible says, Together. Together together so sometime when you come in thinking you need something why don't you just ask somebody else if they need something yeah. 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 oh holy God, help me all right man I'm glad to close ain't I someone says yep you you can adapt that mentality and you can take it over into your families. Husbands can get the me mentality toward their wives. Wives can get the me mentality toward their husbands. Parents can get the me mentality toward their children. And then scratch their head 10 years from then whenever they are 18 in adulthood and don't understand why they have a love for God. Stay with me. I'll, I'll bring this. We're gonna I'm right on target. Christ came to the earth. Not for the purpose of his own benefit. But because You wanted to put others first. The Bible tells us we're to do nothing through selfish ambition, vain conceit. We're to, the Bible says, esteem others better than ourselves. To look after it literally says to look after in so many words, the interest of others. Others first. Go to close with, with, with this verse of scripture, 2 Corinthians 8, and verse number 1. I'm just turning there and I am just like making everything up here wet from my head. 2 Corinthians 8, is it? In verse number 1. It is. You guys do a pretty good job. More of them, brethren, we do. You to wit of the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. Verse number two, how that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded into the riches of their liberality. For to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. Praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gifts taken upon us, the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Look at verse 5. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves. Everybody say first. Gave their own selves to where? The Lord. And unto us by the will of God. They first gave themselves to It wasn't me first. It was the Lord first. Look at it. Whenever you transition to me first, to the Lord first, it'll enable you to also be others first. They gave themselves to the Lord and us by the will of God. So this high hierarchy is kind of turned upside down, isn't it? From where me started at the top, now me is somewhere along the bottom of the food chain. I can't properly do anything serving you or anything else until it is the Lord, the Lord first. And here is the amazing thing, also, folks. It really is. I can't serve anybody else until it's the Lord first. Here's the real clincher. In reality, you can't even benefit yourself like you really want to benefit yourself until you get it him first see here's our trust issue again I got to do it for me because if I don't do it nobody's going to do it no if you get him first you'll be taken care of you'll be taken care of with your time you'll be taken care of with your money you'll be taken care of with people pouring into your life as you've poured into others life you'll be taken care of. Me first mentality will keep you from being a disciple of the Lord. Me first mentality will cause your church to suffer. Your own spiritual life to suffer. Whenever you get him first. Pour in the lives of other people. You're going to find. That what you have given. Bishop that you've all the time said. The same measure will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Let's bow our heads in this place today. Father, I love you this morning. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you